I just think he's full of SH1T at times. It's like, you know, quoting Kipling to players doesn't work. Rudyard Kipling. Probably Mr. Kipling would have been better. OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. First roadshow in three years is nearly here. The football pod have just added a male legend to the lineup for Castle Bar on the 2nd of June. Joining Paddy and James at the Royal Theatre is a man they had several battles with on big days at Croke Park. It's Keith Higgins. A brilliant night of football chat and plenty of focus on Mayo. It's the football pod with Paddy, James, Tommy and Keith in Castle Bar on Thursday the 2nd of June. Tickets are €20 Euros plus booking fees. Go to otbsports.com forward slash events now for more. And we're delighted to welcome Paddy Andrews to the show. Paddy, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, lads. How's the form? Yeah, pretty good. Um... Who was your most annoying direct opponent uh, in those Mayo games? <laughs> I don't think I can say Keith Higgins anymore, can I? Since <laughs> he's, he's kindly agreed to come on the show next week, um, but there was there was quite a few of them now. Colin Boyle, Tony Vaughan. There was a they had a whole list of guys who could really annoy you. And uh, was it like physically annoying? Kind of uh, were any of them a little bit chippy with the words? No, and that that, that was the odd thing. I would have spoken about this before, and I think other lads who played in the games, there wasn't a whole lot of mouthing at all, to be fair. Like, it was just a really physical battle between both teams. There's a couple of teams who would definitely be um, be talking a hell of a lot to you, but to be fair, with Mayo, it was never really the case. Definitely not Keith, so I'm hoping he talks a bit more next Thursday night, now, I have to say. <laughs> we were delighted that they got Monaghan in the draw, because, like, if they'd got somebody they were going to hammer, you know, they would have been like, ah, look, the championship hasn't started yet, but the arrival of Monaghan, all of a sudden, it's like, uh-oh, this could go pretty badly for us pretty quickly yeah it's it's really good timing it's fortunate for us um, there's lots of big qualifier games next weekend we'll be obviously reviewing this weekend's football bonanza I suppose having four provincial finals and then we're leading in the bank holiday weekend next weekend there's going to be some big teams gone season finished on the June bank holiday so that's a unique situation for, for some of the top teams from AO you could probably it's I think it's inconceivable that Mayo could have two home games in the championship and lose them both and be knocked out. So Monaghan is a a massive test for them. And it is, that's the beauty of the new system that you're going to get these big games. And obviously we have one with Tyrone and Armagh on Sunday up in the athletic rounds as well. But I'd be be tipping Mayo and I'm not just saying that because we're in Castle Park next Thursday. (laughs) I I think it would be inconceivable for, for them to lose that game as well and be knocked out. Uh, can I ask you about the provincial finals this weekend then, Paddy? Because it feels that you've got two, at least two games that are guaranteed to be great. Obviously, Ulster and, and Connacht, very evenly matched. We'll, we'll see what happens in Leinster. I know there's plenty of uh, very reasoned optimism around Kildare. But one of the games that's not going to be previewed whatsoever this week uh, in terms of a contest is going to be uh, Kerry against Limerick in the Munster final. And I just wonder if Kerry get done this year again, will people look back at the Munster campaign that they've had beating Cork and Limerick as a reason for them not being cooked properly come the All-Ireland series? And on top of that then, is that just uh, an excuse that maybe Kerry reached for last year too easily when they came out of Munster potentially a little bit undercooked and got done in that semi-final? Like, just this idea of Kerry and their glass jaw and the mentality that often gets brought up about them, what Munster speaks to with regards to that? I'm not sure you have any thoughts on that. No, look, there's not a lot Kerry can do. And and we would have had a similar situation through through our campaigns in the Leinster Championship where it, was, where it wasn't as competitive. Jack O'Connor has been around the block. He has won all Ireland's. He's an experienced coach. Kerry have had enough goals. This Kerry group, even though they haven't won the All-Ireland, they've had two or three years where they've fallen short and there's lessons to be learned from that, from it. 
I agree. I think they'll win convincingly. As as good a job as Billy Lee has done with Limerick, I, I don't think they're going to have any answers. I think Kerry are going to win that convincingly on Saturday. And they just have to prepare for an All-Ireland quarterfinal, whoever it's going to be against. There's no doubt about it that they were the most convincing team in the National League. They've been the form team year to date. And if they don't win the All-Ireland, there will be serious questions asked about them. They do look like they're a step ahead of the rest, even with Dublin's resurgence. But... There's not a lot they can do. They can't make the other teams more competitive in the Munster Championship. They have to go and do their job. And Jack O'Connor and those players have a responsibility to be ready, no matter who they're drawn against, come the All-Ireland Series in in a month's time. But you can't have sympathy for them. They have to go and get the job done. And I expect them to do it on Saturday. And then we'll see once they get to Crow Park for an All-Ireland quarterfinal. And the interesting thing is that they were arguably the, the best team in the country going into last year's championship. And they showed really good league form post-pandemic at the end of 2020 as well and we all know what happened last year and the year before and, and that's why I'm asking you this question because as you mentioned there you could have used that excuse of oh we didn't get tested enough in Leinster if you got caught cold in a quarterfinal or a semi-final during the years that it does feel that this is just not an excuse whatsoever for this group well, if they come up cold in a quarterfinal I wouldn't give them an excuse on that if they don't win it and, and they are caught cold that's an internal thing themselves they haven't prepared properly that something has gone amiss with either their, their mental approach to a game or, or what, that, that's they can't be looking and saying we can't win the All-Ireland because the other teams in Munster aren't as competitive. That is not an excuse and I wouldn't be letting anyone off the hook with that. Um, and if that is the case, if that's the way they're thinking and that is being used as an excuse and carry, they don't deserve to win an All-Ireland. Did you, I, I, don't, I don't expect that to be the case. Did you think there was a, a mental frailty there at all in 2019 when maybe they had that lead laid on in the drawn game in that final? And yeah. I guess speaking of leaving teams off the hook, they might say that they, they let Dublin off the hook that day. Yeah, yeah, we were down to 14 men, so they were in, they were in control of the game and, and we were up against it. But I would say that's maybe a little bit of experience for that team, for, for Peter Keane. And like that's, that's three years ago now. So I get it. Maybe that was for Clifford and for Sean O'Shea and these guys. That A lot of those guys hadn't won All-Ireland before. Peter Keane hadn't won All-Ireland before. So perhaps that was the case. It was also, it was like, for that Dublin team, the most experienced. That was our greatest team. We had a mental strength that we weren't going to leave that behind as well. I don't think there's a team like that in the Championship this year. But that's three years ago, Owen. So <laughs> we're looking for positives for Kerry. If they haven't learned lessons from that, a lot of those players are at the forefront of the Kerry team this year. There's no excuses anymore. I think ex- they have experience now over the last three years. They have experience from losing a tight final in 19, from losing a game against Tyrone last year, where I feel if they played Tyrone over the next 10 Sundays after that, they probably would have beaten them every time. Well, that, so that that's a really good point, right? Because I think Owen's not actually looking for a positive here. He's concerned about the <laughs> negatives. Right, and that they're flaky. There's a flakiness within the Kerry, this this current group that prevents. But the only way to get out of that year, they have to prove it. We can't go off winning a national league as good as it was, and we can't go off convincingly beating a, a look a, a pretty poor Cork team, and they should win convincingly on Saturday. You can talk all you want about it. The only way they can prove that they're not flaky and that they can get the job done is by doing it on the biggest day. And we're not going to know the answers to that. We can talk all, we're not going to know until we see them play potentially a Dublin in an All-Ireland semi-final or a Donegal or or one of the big teams, a Mayo in an All-Ireland final, whoever it might be. That's the only way you can answer these questions and the only way Jack O'Connor and all those Kerry players can turn around and say, 
There, there's your flakiness. We've gone, we've beaten the big teams, we've won the All-Ireland. They haven't done it yet. None of them have done it yet. Hence why there is that question mark. As good as they've been, there is still a question mark about them. There's no doubt about it. And that's just the reality of elite sport. There's no way, like, you know, uh, we need to stick our hand in the wound, otherwise we're going to be doubting Thomas's for the rest of our lives. Exactly, exactly. And now that's, there's no definitive answer now. That's why the championship, not just for Kerry, there's a couple of teams who have genuine aspirations over the next eight weeks of getting this job done. And that's why it's an exciting championship, probably more so than there has been in the, in the past decade. Kerry are at the forefront of that. There's no doubt about it. They are the favourites and deservedly so on what we've seen. But if they didn't get the job done, like I'd say, those flakiness questions are going to stay there. The only way you get rid of them is by doing the job on the pitch. On the Ulster final then this weekend, Paddy, um, just kind of like looking back on year own uh, interactions with Donegal through the years, I think 2014 is something that people remember obviously more than anything else, but people might forget 16 and 18 when you had five point wins against Donegal at that point, which I guess by the context of that time was was a relatively close run thing in, in, in that great Dublin team's journey. When you were playing th- those Donegal teams, where did you want to see Michael Murphy play? Uh away from goal <laughs> as much as we could. The, the challenge that Donegal had is, is that Michael Murphy is such a good player and you see this with the best players. They can usually do a really good job in a number of positions. His, I think his most effective position and where all opponents do not want to see Michael Murphy is on the square with Jamie Brennan and Paddy McBrearty beside him. But Donegal had a need to get him out around the middle of the pitch as well to get the ball up the pitch. And he's such a good player. He could do that really, really effectively. He'd be one of the best midfielders in the country, one of the best number 11s in the country and the best number 14 in the country. So that's the challenge for Donegal. And we've seen it with, like, Declan Bonner's been there for four years now and Donegal have fallen short. There's loads of question marks, like we're talking about Kerry, but Donegal, they have loads of talent and they have not got anywhere near the maximum out of their potential over the last few seasons. And it seems like they've learned lessons from it and Murphy has played close to goal. That's I think that's where he's most effective. And I think if he clicks inside in that full forward line, Donegal are a handful for anyone, not just Derry on Sunday, but for anyone in this All-Ireland series. And it looks like they're starting to learn that lesson, finally. And the really exciting thing about this matchup at the weekend is that if there's one man you want to ask that question of, it's Rory Gallagher. Like, it, it, Do you expect him to just be like to Garrett McKinless at the weekend, follow Michael Murphy, hammer to hammer, put him the other way as much as possible or, or how do you expect that dynamic to work? Oh, he'll have a plan. Rory Gallagher knows Donegal as well as anyone. Like We spoke about a lot on the football pod. I know Rory as well. He is an unbelievable coach and you can see that. You're getting the tangible evidence with, it, with what he's doing with Derry over the last month. He'll have a plan. He knows Michael Murphy very well. Whether it's McKinless or not, like if, if Murphy plays inside... I think it would be Brendan Rodgers that would pick him up. I think Christian McCaig is pretty much nailed on to Mark McBrearty. They've had a couple of battles over the years. If he's drifting around the middle of the field, then it could be a McKinless job. And McKinless has been one of the standout players in the championship to date going forward. So so does he start asking questions of Michael Murphy going back towards his own goal? And as good as a player as Murphy is, I can tell you, lads, no forward likes running back to their own goal. That might be a plan, but it depends on where Murphy's located. But if he's inside which I expect he might be, I think it'd be Brendan Rodgers more so than McKinless picking him up. Last one for me. For all the uh, talk of Kildare being able to pull it up to the dubs this year, I haven't met anybody 
who's a Dubs fan who's actually genuinely worried they're kind of patronising <laughs> it's like oh you're going to give us a game this year lads that's great wow finally welcome to the party Um, I'd probably be in that boat myself Jer to, to be honest I, I, look I, I think Dublin have turned the corner it feels like there was a rock bottom during the spring and just nothing was working offensively or defensively Dublin have improved look they, they played two pretty average teams but you can just see in terms of the personnel they've got back the style of play they're, they're back to what we would associate with Dublin Kildare have been very impressive as well like last year's Leinster final I remember the build up to it they're, I think there was that feeling in Kildare as well it was just a case of we don't want to get a bit of a hiding here the way they set up and the way the game panned out I think Kildare have a chance on Saturday there's no doubt about it the winning and losing of the game, Kildare have forwards that can hurt not just Dublin, but any team. Daniel Flynn, Ben McCormick's in, I'd say, the best form I've probably ever seen him in. Jimmy Hyland, Derek Irwin. They can shoot. If Kildare play in the front foot, which I expect they will, more so than they did in last year's Leicester final, there's a belief there. If they play in the front foot, the big question mark over Dublin, the biggest question mark in the National League, was their defensive system. They conceded 11 goals. It was one of the worst records across all four divisions. They look to have tidied that up a little bit, but they haven't really been tested. They will get a serious test on Saturday. And that will be the winning and losing of the game. If Dublin don't get a handle on it and they go back to the, the defensive system and how porous they were during the spring, Kildare have a serious chance of winning this game because they have the weapons up front. Um, and look, do you know what? It's probably the first Leinster final in a decade where there's genuine jeopardy in it. There is that, but but I do expect Dublin to come through it. I think the return of Carlo Callahan and James McCarthy, Fenton and Kilkenny are back to the form we associate with them. I think they'll probably have too much firepower for Dublin or for Kildare on, on Saturday night. Uh, just one last one then on the, the Connacht final uh, this weekend. Uh, Galway against Ross Common. Obviously, we've seen this game twice already this year, but the yeah. conversation around this game seems to be that we're expecting a totally different Galway to the one we saw at the end of the league. Is that is that something you're expecting as well, given what we saw against Mayo? I hope so, for their sake, um, to be honest. I think Galway showed us something against Mayo and Castlebar that we hadn't seen from them, that we don't associate with them. If this is a shootout, like the league final, I think Roscommon will win this game. If it's a lovely game of football and we're all sitting there watching the Sunday game and this is a brilliant free-flowing game, Roscommon have, I think they've better forward units than what Galway have. I know they've Shane Walsh and, and Damian Comer, but they have better shooters Galway win this game by being more nasty in a way, but just being more organised in the fence, being harder to play against. It's not something you would have associated with Galway since Kevin Walsh really in 2018. And that's why Keane O'Neill and Park Joyce, the way they set up, they frustrated Mayo. They frustrated them. They were hard to break down and they used their weapons on the counter-attack, the likes of Conroy, Walsh, Comer. I think they need to play that way on Sunday to win this game. But not only that, if they want to have any genuine say in the All-Ireland series, that's the system that will work for them. If they go out and just say, we'll play 15 on 15, I don't think Galway will win on Sunday and I don't think they'll have any input in the All-Ireland either. So I expect them to play that way. They should have respect for Ross Common and not go in there thinking, we've beaten Mayo, this is kind of an open goal. If they go in with that mentality and that set up in their play, they'll lose this game. So I expect them to, to learn the lessons and expect them set up that way, frustrate Ross Common, shut down their key players, the Murtas and Dolly Smiths and these guys, and get the job done. All right, Paddy, good stuff. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers.
No worries, lads. Bye-bye. Bested up in Castlebar as well. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as I said, our first roadshow in nearly three years. The Football Pod have added a Mayo legend to the lineup for Castlebar on the 2nd of June. If you want to go along and see Paddy and uh, James and Tommy in person, they're going to be joined by Keith Higgins. Uh, tickets available now. You can get them on Ticketmaster. You can also get them on otbsports.com forward slash events. That's Thursday, June 2nd. So just the weekend before the Mayo-Monaghan game as well. 